in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey everyone! Hello. Thanks for tuning in again. Indeed. <laughs> so Holly, do we have some something special going on at all this week? Um, well, we've got we've had a comment back from Christian. So for those of you who listened to episode seventy two, he asked us about um, if it was easy for us to keep in contact with our friends and family at home, and what the expat community was like in China. So he's actually got back in contact with us and says, "Hello, thank you so much for answering my question. Before I get going, I wanted to congratulate you both on your wedding and your baby. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs>、uh, that is absolutely amazing. People are right when they say they both,、uh, you both feel like friends. <laughs>、uh, after listening to you both for so long, it definitely feels like I know you." That's nice.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been in Shanghai for a few months now, and it is amazing how right you are on so many aspects of the culture. I see things, and I'm like, "Oh, there it is!"、Uh, <laughs> that's what they were talking about. <laughs> I've seen the street dancing, clap walking, fake workouts, pretend wealth, etc. What an excite,、uh, exciting place it is! Totally new experience.、Uh, two things came up recently, though,、um, that we were all a little unprepared for. The first one is holiday crowds. Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, we went to Hangzhou for the Golden Week with apparently the entire population of China. <laughs> I have never seen so many people in my life. We were told later this was not the best time to go. I just want to jump in here and say that any Chinese holiday is not the best time to go anywhere.、Right. Stay inside your house. <laughs> yeah, you don't go to a tourist place if you can help it. Like obviously, that's. I mean. That's probably the only time you're gonna get to go on holiday, but well, as a foreigner, you kind of have an advantage because I mean, generally you'll either have a longer break、right. in、That's、the、true. summer, or、um, you can kind of negotiate for different holiday time throughout the. Well, I don't know if you're working in a school, it'll be trickier. But、mm-hmm. if you have another job, you can probably negotiate time off. Yeah. Uh, he does say、uh, it was a blast, though.、Uh, we got asked for a lot of photos, and one what this is this is crazy. One lady tried to hand me her baby. <laughs> yeah, we also had one lady jump up and down in excitement to meet us. <laughs> for the moment, it's still fun, but we can understand how it could get old. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, in the beginning, it's all just kind of you know, you're it's exciting.、Like、yeah, it's, and it's a. I think it's kind of a. Although I'm sure it was、um, obnoxious at a lot of times. In their throughout their holiday, it was something that they'll definitely remember. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah.、Uh, he says the second thing is the split pant system for children. <laughs>、uh, this was very prevalent in Hangzhou.、Uh, everywhere we went, there were children just going to the bathroom on the road or just letting it all hang out. <laughs> yeah. The best examples of this were、uh, was the child who walked naked through the Hyatt lobby,、mm. and the eight-year-old boy whose mother. Held his. <laughs> this is so fun. Held his unit. That's the first time <laughs> I've ever heard that word used in this、uh, situation. While he peed in a bottle, we all felt like he probably had the ability to do this independently.、Uh, definitely something to get used to. 
Uh, as for making friends here, it has been uh, pretty smooth. All of my co-workers are expats, so we all tend to hang out with each other. Finding expats in this community, uh, though, is harder. When Holly said it was harder for her to make friends because she wasn't super social, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm not big uh, into clubbing or partying, and Shanghai expats seem to be partiers. Yeah, I've kind of heard that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am slowly branching out. Uh, I'm really enjoying China so far, and I'm grateful for all the info you gave me beforehand. I look forward to all your future episodes. Thank you, Christian. Oh, wow. I I'm really happy to hear like it's gone well for him. That was so nice that he took the time to actually write all that out. It's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he put, put that on the show notes or in a Facebook um, message? Or? Yeah, on the yeah, show notes. On the show notes, nice. For, so that was... So Christian's question was on episode 72, so if you want to check that episode out, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 72, and his notes there, mm -hmm. too. It's such yeah. a, it's, um, <laughs> I don't know, so affirming to hear when people, they come here and then they, they see what we're talking about, so we don't, I don't know, it just kind of makes me feel good that other people are experiencing you know we're not yeah. completely off base or something like that right. or like too harsh or jaded after so many years you know it's just it's fun to hear people saying like oh yeah i can totally see where you're coming mm -hmm. from yeah absolutely <laughs> that's great thank yeah. you christian yeah <laughs> uh so um i've got a news article for this week um the headline is, uh, Guiyang Restaurant tries out pay what you want policy and loses 100,000 RMB in a week. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Guiyang is the capital of the Guizhou province, which is in the southwest of China. And so basically the idea is the, the owner of this restaurant, um, decided that there was no price for her dishes. Um, that you could just come eat, um, choose, you know, choose whatever you want, and then you pay what you think the value is. Oh, oh no. Yeah, so, um, basically, some people, some restaurant, uh, some customers only paid 10% of the cost of their meal. Oh, come and on. And some even dared to just leave one RMB on the table. Wow. And after seven days, the restaurant had lost 100,000 RMB. Wow. Yeah. But they gained a lot of publicity. Well, so. <laughs> yeah. So there's this this article actually talks about two restaurants that have done this. And um, so basically, they, they asked the customers for feedback. And the customers had said, oh, no, the dishes were great. They were really tasty and filling. Um, <laughs> and she says that basically... The payments just don't match up with the evaluations. <laughs> um, so basically, afterwards, she um, she had put she she put prices on everything, mm. and since then, no one has returned to the restaurant. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, but this is not the first time that this like pay what you want idea has been used. Three years ago. Um, there was a, a restaurant, it was a buffet restaurant uh, in Fujo, and the owner, <laughs> this is this is great, he said, I don't want to run a business, I want to run a trust. Uh, when I trust them, the customers, they will trust me, and they will begin to love others. I hope mm. that when people come here, here, they sense that. Then, when they return to their work and family, they will share this idea. 
In the first month, the restaurant lost 100,000 100, RMB. So <laughs> this, this obviously, there's this this guy lost a hundred thousand in one month but this this woman who owned the restaurant in Guiyang lost that in one week which is amazing which really. yeah i wonder how big the restaurant itself mm. is to i mean it just kind of gives you a hint at the volume that restaurants in china handle mm-hmm. on a daily basis yeah yeah that's cuz that's crazy you know the cost of food cuz obviously she's buying the ingredients raw right and preparing them mm-hmm. in the kitchen you know it just seems wow i didn't realize i guess i don't really know anything about running a restaurant in general but no. it seems really high considering the quality of the ingredients and the um the wages of the staff so they must just have huge volumes yeah it reminds me of one other story we talked about a long time ago which was like a supermarket mm-hmm. that offered one lane right where where the customers were allowed to just check themselves out and yes. put the money in the box yeah it's <laughs> funny this that also triggered the same same story for me yeah yeah which which didn't last obviously no so trust is more difficult i think to gain here <laughs> yeah the the they said uh, so the actually this this restaurant in Guiyang is owned by three entrepreneurs and they said they believed in the inherent goodness of human beings presuming that the vast majority of diners would be rational and fair when receiving the check. Mm-hmm. I wonder if these kind of ideas have been tried out in the west at all. I guess they must have. I oh. imagine this kind of thing happened in California. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I think um, there. Yeah, I've seen. I I think I've seen. There's. I, I'm. I can't remember so clearly, but there was like. Um, I know there was one restaurant where it was like, a, a dollar a slice for a piece of pizza, and then you could put in an extra dollar to pay for like the next person coming. So some people would get their pizza for free. But then they would just keep like paying forward, right? Because they would say, "Oh no, you know, yeah, I'll pay course. for. I won't, yeah. you know, like okay, mine is free, but I'll pay for the next guy's kind of thing." And so it created a chain effect, and that actually ended up being really, really successful. Wow. Um, but that's also a dollar versus, yeah, like whether you have an option to pay thirty cents for a meal or you know mm-hmm. twenty dollars. Some people would probably <laughs> side on the thrifty end. Yeah of the spectrum, but I'm really surprised because, I mean, I've seen this model for digital products. So, like, when Radiohead, the In Rainbows, I remember Mm -hmm. that was, like, oh, one of the most successful marketing, um, and I guess trials in the music industry is when Radiohead released In Rainbows. They just said, here's the, you know, you can pay whatever you want. Right. For the CD, and some people mm-hmm. paid a dollar, and some people paid fifty dollars, and some, you know, and it ended up being having some of the highest record sales out there because I think most people probably pirate the music anyways. Yeah. But they so there'd be more people who are willing to pay like let's say five bucks and under for something like that, whereas if you offer it as a, at a full price, there'd be more people who would pirate it. Pirate it. Mm-hmm. So for a digital product, it kind of makes sense because you have no Oh, you, your overhead your overhead is fixed. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you distribute um, fifteen digital copies or fifteen million digital copies. It costs you relatively the same amount. Mm-hmm. Whereas with food in a restaurant, 
the cost is so set on how, you know, yeah. how much is consumed. Absolutely. So it's really interesting that they, <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised that it failed. <laughs> I'm not sure no. it would work anywhere, but I think particularly here because mm. of the, the thrifty nature of the Chinese consumer. Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised either, but the idea that some people just left one. Yeah, one is pretty harsh. I, I feel ba- like, I'm obviously in the UK we don't tip, mm-hmm. but obviously being with Barrett, like, I've kind of got more of the mentality now. Like, I, I think about it. If not, not, I mean, not necessarily here in China, but if I'm in, like, in Hong Kong. Then, mm-hmm. um,. Do you tip in Hong Kong? Uh, yeah, I have done. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, hmm. In like a, not in like a little restaurant, but if it's a kind of a fancier one. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I tip in no. Hong Kong. No. Um, but yeah, I get like, I, I panic about how much I'm meant to leave. Mm. And I know, yeah, probably I'm not, it doesn't even matter if I do or not, because especially with some of those restaurants, they already have a service charge on them. So I guess once if you pay that, you don't need to give a tip additionally. I I don't think. Mm-hmm. Although they have that on the receipt, they always have the. They usually tip have section. yeah. They well they usually have the, like oh ten percent gratuity added or something. Yeah, like but they're separate. At mm. least when I was in the uh, restaurant I was in last time when I was tipping, mm-hmm. they had it as two separate things. I'm sorry. Um, if anyone can hear me moving around, it's, it's gotten really warm in here and it's I have to take my cardigan off. I thought I was the only one. Sometimes I don't know if it's this no. baby or if it's actually hot in here. It's probably both. both. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I that doesn't shock me at all that this kind of a system wouldn't work. Yeah. I'm curious if anybody's heard of this uh, experiment being done somewhere else besides China, I'd be interested to hear wh- you, what were the findings. Yeah, absolutely. If it differed from here or not. But it does surprise me too because because in general Chinese people are so price conscious, they are aware of exactly how much they should be paying for something mm. like that. You know, that it's interesting. We've, we've touched on this before, but there are many in- uh, incidences where They'll buy these elaborate gifts or spend this crazy money on certain things, but then they're they're very aware if they're getting ripped off even by like a couple quai. Mm-hmm. So if it's like this restaurant serves lunch for twenty renminbi and this restaurant serves lunch for twenty two renminbi, mm-hmm. they're very aware of the price difference. So they know that's the thing is yeah. they know how much it should cost, mm-hmm. but then they're just refusing to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. When I was on my little trip in Kaifeng, like, last month or something, mm-hmm. uh, we got ice lollies. Uh, my uh, student's grandfather bought us some ice, ice lollies or ice creams. And the grandma asked the grandfather, like, oh, how much did that cost? And <laughs> she he must, and she said, well, like, are you kidding? Like, seriously, like, it was, it, I think he said, like, too kwai or something like that. And she misheard him. Um, and she just thought it was like outrageously expensive. I mean, literally, it was like too quiet for an ice cream, but she thought that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. okay. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to our question, which comes from David, um, and I'll let him introduce himself. Here we go. Hi, Holly. Hi, Nora. First off, congratulations, Nora. It's exciting that you're going to have a child, and. Uh, 
thank you to both of you. I really enjoy this podcast. Um, my name's David. I'm from Oregon. And my question is about young teachers in China. Is that common or how are they treated? Um, because uh, I, work, I work for a company that teaches Chinese students online, so students that are in China, adults. And I'm kind of young and some of my students are older than me. And uh, I've had some interesting, I guess, reactions from people when they find out that I'm uh, younger than them. It's not common for a teacher to be younger than their students. And it's actually, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, really looked at as a good thing at all. They don't look at experience the same way as they would look at age. Age is a really big factor. So what do you think about age in China, basically? Young versus old? How much is that even changing? Um, is this really a big deal? Does experience trump age is what I'm asking? Because I've taught at a school for four years. I applied at a position in China, but I was rejected. And they said, well, how about after two more years, maybe you'll be ready to teach in China. And that was that seemed really strange to me. So thank you. Okay, thanks, David. Yeah, that's a good cool. thought-provoking question. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of surprised a little bit by how by the reactions that he's had from his students. Yes, me too. I would have assumed on my from my experience especially working in schools here my understanding was that younger people were preferred yes over older teachers. That's that's exactly my experience as well. I don't know how it is for Chinese teachers. Um, but for foreign teachers, mm. they definitely prefer, I mean, hands down, they prefer, first of all, you're not even able to get a visa, a working visa in China, if you're a foreigner and you're older than, I think, 60 now? I think so. It used to be 65, but I think it's 60 now. Yeah. So they're making it younger and younger. Mm -hmm. So that, okay, on the one hand, you've probably heard that in China, the people respect their elderly. Yes more so than in the West, which is true. You can see that um, people will give the elderly seats in the metro or on the bus, and the elderly have this sense of entitlement. Oh, yeah, do they? Yes. <laughs> like, always shoving in front of you in lines and stuff like that. Absolutely. Those grandmas, especially. You don't want to mess with those women. No, they are vicious. They are vicious. Did I tell... I don't know if I, I told a story... Um, I'd read a news, several news articles. It was a good few months ago now. About there were a couple of stories about older people really having a go at young people on like the metro <laughs> and on the bus because they wouldn't like give them seats. Oh yeah. And it became it, it got to the point where basically the young person was just like, "Don't talk to me like that. You, I'm not going to give you the seat because you you're tr talking to me like I'm a piece of poo on your shoe." <laughs> Uh, so and there, there was quite a few of those like articles, like with videos and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, but yeah, entitlement. Yes. To yeah, the extreme. <laughs> yeah, they definitely. Some of them definitely have this. I mean, they will. They think the rules don't apply to them because they're older. Yeah. And that's just sorry. That's not how society functions mm -hmm. these days, and it's really frustrating. Like for example, you're at a busy train station. Everybody's waiting in line, and it's always those little old ladies who just cut in front. I guess they probably think, 
are they gonna what are they what are you gonna do about it yeah like if it was a, someone your own age um then you would probably just be like hey come on yeah. what, what are you doing but with these older people i guess you do want, still want to be respectful even though they are they're taking advantage. Taking, taking advantage, yeah. For sure. Because I would be very dubious about saying, like, hey, like, what are you doing? Whereas yeah. I have, if people, like, the people the same age or, or a bit older than me have cut, cut in a queue, I've said, like, what are you, like, get to the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people of all ages definitely do cut into the queues, oh, but yeah. the, the most aggressive ones are definitely... Oh, they are. Yeah. They look all frail and innocent, but... Phew. <laughs> they want to get in there first. They will fight They'll you just to the push death. Their way. I feel yeah. like with the younger people, their tactic is slightly different. They pretend to be on their phone and pretend to like <laughs> wander into the line. Yeah, in the middle like, instead oh, of what? going to the back. Oh, and this yeah, is not the back of the queue. Yeah, oh. they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I had no idea." <laughs> but whereas the elderly, they'll they'll walk straight up to the front of the line and push their way to the front. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit frustrating. Indeed. <laughs> but in terms of um, foreign teachers, I definitely, like, I haven't seen a case where it's been a problem that a foreign teacher was too young. No. No, definitely not. In fact, and actually, you said at the beginning, and I've just thought about this, about Chinese teachers, I would say that they prefer, I mean, specifically, like, kindergartens, they also prefer younger teachers because they can pay them less. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I get, it's it's all to do with the face, isn't it? If you're young, uh, when I first started teaching, one like some of the kids had gone home and said that I was really old because I had white hair. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, all the parents had called in. I was like, "How old is this new teacher you've employed?" They're like, "No, she's she's like she's it's not white. She's just like yellow. You know, that's what they usually say: yellow hair." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that story. That's so it's funny. funny. Yeah. yeah, I would say looks matter way more than either age or experience, to be honest, because they 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 will really judge you based off of your like if you're prettier. Mm. Let's say let's say you're you have two teachers, they're both the same age, they both have the same experience, but one's prettier than the other. They will choose the prettier one. <laughs> they will. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's that's just a reality here. I mean, yeah. it sounds really harsh, but they really like to have. Young, pretty, yeah. good-looking teachers, and so they will choose the more handsome or more beautiful oh, yeah. teacher over the one that has more experience. Oh yeah, and, any day, and they're quite open about that factor. Like when, yeah. I, when they used to employ, I mean, it, teaching here is there's always going to be a majority of men, male teachers, I think. And when a new male teacher, foreign teacher, was employed when I was teaching. They would. It was like the first thing that was mentioned. Oh, like he's. Don't you think he's handsome? Like, oh, we've employed this tall, handsome teacher. Ah, so what? They don't talk about the quality, quality at or talent, or yeah, skill or anything. It's just so what. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to sound like sour grapes here. Like, obviously, I got a job. It wasn't like there was an issue, but it is. It is a bizarre factor, I think. It goes back to the whole... Because we've, we've touched on that point in previous episodes about if you look Asian, like if you're from the U.S., but you're ethnically Asian, it doesn't even really even matter what, what like, what half Korean or Japanese or Chinese, it doesn't really even matter. Just the fact that you don't look, right. like, pure white, you will not command as high of a salary yeah. as a white person. Or even, or even get a job. 
Yeah. It might be more difficult to do that. Yeah, and even if you're not Asian by ethnicity, but kind of look Asian. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, then I was you thinking still, that. Yeah, you still, because like Mimi's friend. Right. She's European, yeah, and but she looked. She had dark hair, and she was very slim, and she was slim. So from the back, right. she could look like a Chinese person. So apparently, that wasn't good enough for them. Like, forget about qualifications or experience. Yeah, and after that, they said. In fact, Mimi reminded me of this very recently for some reason. Uh, but the teacher who was at the like management who were hiring foreigners at that time basically said oh from now on we're only going to uh, we're only going to employ uh blonde fat teachers like you and holly <laughs> <laughs> oh my god which neither of you so are that's, fat at all so that's what so that's what oh they wanted god. and it's funny because they kind of did <laughs> only employ like blonde teachers after that there wow. was a, a spell of the policy change huh? yeah yeah, this is this is nuts, <laughs> but this is the reality here, and I think age works into that. I think also because um, English as a field is a little bit different from other studies. You know, if you are a physics teacher, I think your experience has a little bit more weight, maybe than somebody. They just assume if you are if your native language is English, then therefore you are an expert. Mm. So I think they're not that concerned about actually how good your teaching methods are, but rather if English is your native language. So I think they're not really that concerned about experience when it comes to, yeah, when it, I mean, yeah, what, how, yeah, I is would that how you, yeah, I would definitely agree, a hundred percent, yeah, yeah, um, when you came to Shenzhen, mm-hmm. did you teach business English? Yes. And were the te- were the students that you had older than you? Yes. How did you find that? Because I've never taught. From my recollection, I I, haven't, I don't think I've ever taught students who were older than me. I never had anybody comment on. Right. There was never an issue. Like no, I never had any issues with people saying, "Oh, you're you seem too young mm. for this job." No. That's my... Because with, like, David's question, I felt like that would be the only comparison that we would have if if one of us had taught business English Mm -hmm. to see how the older students had reacted to you as a teacher. No, most of my... At that time, most of my students were older than I was, Mm -hmm. and they knew how old I was. What they didn't know were my qualifications, so I actually studied international business. Right. So I actually was more qualified than a lot of the other teachers yeah, yeah. to be teaching that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't care either way. They they seemed to be happy because I was a pretty-looking American. So yeah, those two factors help. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, I didn't have any problem with students, you know, complaining or raising an issue about my age ever. Yeah. In that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know plenty of... Um, teachers our age and even younger who are teaching like business English or I think that's the only like if you teach in a classroom in a classroom setting it's usually business English isn't it to like older people I think yeah unless you're at a university or or like an international high school in which case you might be teaching us like a specific subject like Mm -hmm. literature or maths maths I said maths (laughs) math (laughs) I'm turning over to the English side. <laughs> um, uh, then I don't think that 
Yeah, I don't think that there are many people who are teaching other subjects mm-hmm. besides that. But what about, like, age in general in China? How do you think... Do you think it differs the way that Chinese people view your age versus, let's say, people in the UK or in the West? Um, I, I guess I want to add a little bit to your what you were saying about older people in China having this, like, sense of entitlement. Mm. They know everything. <laughs> older people in China know everything, and you are wrong. Did we have this conversation recently? Well, we have had it with someone else. We went to lunch on Sunday it? with our friend who had a baby recently oh, yes, here. Yes, that was it. Thank yes, you for reminding so she, me. Yeah, so she's she's Dutch, and she and her husband had her had their baby a couple months ago here in yeah. China, and um, she was just talking about how frustrating she found it because everything she does. They can do, like, they tell her the right way yeah, to do it. Yeah, you're not doing this right. Yeah. So, do it this way. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the the way that we raise our babies is very different between here and there. Mm-hmm. And so they are very quick to pipe up and say, like, <laughs> this yeah. is not right and I'll tell you why. And yeah. they're very, even people, she said people, sh- she's sitting in the metro and people, like, these random strangers yeah. coming up to her and, either kind of mildly scolding her or lecturing her about how to care for her baby. Yeah. And I think that whilst there are some older people in the UK who who might do that, it's highly unlikely. I was going to say, do you think so? Mm, some, you know, they might They might be... give you, like, a look, maybe. Okay. If yeah. You, but only if you're... I... Don't you think if you're really doing something that seems like it might... Oh yeah, it would have to. This is just oh, you're doing something different. Yeah, that's true. And then they think that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, but everything is wrong. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I do remember my story about the the pen, the the grandma in the kindergarten who swapped the pen out of my hand. Wait, what? She, but I was writing. <laughs> we had like these big open windows that faced into the hall, and okay. I was stood next to. They had like these um, boxes where you, where the kids would put their school bags. So I was leaning like near the window, <clears throat> and she was walking past the window, and she she saw me writing with the with my left hand, <laughs> and she leaned in. She took the pen out of my left hand and put it in my right hand. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I will never ever forget. She was going I, to accomplish I don't know. That. <laughs> I guess she just assumed that oh, miraculously I'd be able to use my right hand. <laughs> like she thought I was just screwing with her. Yeah, there are no left-handed Chinese people, by the way. <laughs> they force them to be right-handed, just so you guys know. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Which I think they've done that in other. Like I think in our history as well, they probably used to do the Eastern same Europe. thing. Mimi. Oh, was she yeah, really? She, she, yeah, she. At nursery, they, they made her use her. the right hand. Really? So, yeah. but now she's right-handed, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. she's originally left-handed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that we used to do that too Probably. in the colonies and stuff. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. And uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Oi, grandma! Don't touch my Back pen, off, lady. <laughs> yeah. I was, well, to be honest, I was in too much shock, so even if I had dared to say anything, I mean, I, I just probably wouldn't have been able to think. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Yeah, on the one hand, they do have this 
elevated. I do think that they respect their elders more so than we do in the West. Um, but at the same time, they're very fixated on youth and beauty mm. more so than in the West. So it's kind of these two extremes. Like in a company, if they're hiring you in general, they will always go for the younger. Then You know, it serves multiple purposes, like you said, because generally you can pay somebody less. Yeah. Also, um, younger people are generally easier to mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But um, they try, they seem to really value age, younger age. Mm-hmm. So on the you have that on the one hand, and then on the other hand, they do value the elderly in society. But um, I wouldn't. I don't think children do. I know maybe that's different because maybe you could say they don't know any better. Everybody's old to them. But I guess. I, yeah, I guess. But I feel like I've the way I see young children treat their grandparents is just, just just ridiculous well i think they're asking for it though the way the that grandparents. the grandparents yeah oh, the way they their... cuddle the children yeah that's yeah maybe that's another discussion i, th- <laughs> I think there's kind of a fight because like okay you have one child and then you have two sets of grandparents right and i think each of them wants to be probably the favored grandparent so they're probably trying to like out spoil each mm-hmm. other yeah so that might be part of it too is just that they're they're aware that there's competition for the child's love. So if they're too harsh, then mm. maybe they'll be less willing to I don't know, give them money or take care of them in the long run. Yeah. But they have that what do they call it? Um little emperor syndrome, mm-hmm. they call it, right? There's a I've seen a lot of that. Mhm. Yeah, I don't know where to place the blame. To me it's Ugh. not in the child because Although it's the, yeah. it's the it's the child that you want to wring their neck, right? Because <laughs> yeah. some of them are so bratty, but then on the other hand, it's the that's how they were raised. They were raised to be. Yeah, if way. no one says don't talk to your grandma like that, mm-hmm. then you're you're just gonna do it, aren't you? Yep. yep. <sighs> oh man, and that's that's another issue to bring up too is that um, the. The society in China doesn't really take care of its elderly, like, on a governmental scale. Like, they don't have pensions here. They don't have homes for people who have, let's say they had one child, and let's say the child passed away or never married or was not successful in business. Yeah. They're screwed. Yeah, it's very sad in some respect. Yep, so the the society as a whole, I feel like it's it's so much up to the individual, like to the child, to take care of the the grandparents, because nobody's going to take care of, if something happens to the child, nobody else is going to step in and take care of them. Yeah, although, as like we mentioned with that, the article about being frugal with money, they do save, like religiously from mm-hmm. my understanding like mm-hmm. i think that's one of the reasons why i, I mean I, I, I i've never felt comfortable asking some like a chinese person how they managed to save money pay rent um 
spend lots of money on an, on their iPhones, makeup, etc., and then still manage to save because they have to in order to buy a house. Like, I mean, I think food has a lot to do with it. I think they're really, really oh, careful so? with money on food. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. And just, and I don't think that they have as many possessions as we Westerners do. Yeah, that's something with like clothes. I noticed with my like Chinese teachers when I was working at the school, they would only have like maybe three or four outfits for like a season, mm-hmm. and they would just flip around the outfits. And then when it got to winter, they would just buy a new lot of clothes and probably throw the other dresses and things away. They would only have very like a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with space, because, you that know, too. they're living in... Those teachers are probably living in the dorms, or... Uh, this one, uh, like, the ones that I knew didn't. They they had their own Okay, but it's probably small apartments that they shared with probably other people. a room. Yeah, or even sharing a room with some people. Yeah. So they just don't have a lot of space. That's and true. I think that uh, consumption here hasn't, re- hasn't matched the level as it has in the West by any means. Even though they do, you know, it's growing. It's yeah. definitely growing. It still hasn't reached the same level mm. as back home. But they ha- they use a lot of, like, Groupon-type things, don't they? So they're never really... Like, we we might go for a meal and spend, spend 200 RMB, but they're probably having the same meal for, like, half the price because <laughs> they've got all these coupons and stuff, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, I really wish I could tap into that. Not that I need desperately to save any money, but it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, to get all those deals. You'd have to be able to read Chinese fluently, though, because I've tried to go through those things, but it just takes too long. And I'm like, which? What do I value more, my time or my money? And usually, I always favor time. Yeah, life's too short. And then I just go on Taiwan <laughs> and make myself happy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one thing I'm happy I've mastered. It's that. <laughs> yeah, or not happy. <laughs> Spend a lot of money on Taobao. Yeah. Money well spent. <laughs> My life is so convenient. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, How do, do you think, do you, have you ever been, um, I don't want to use the word mistreated. Has, has an older person in China ever made a rude comment towards you or not been very pleasant? Um... Yeah, I think so. I think I I definitely hold my tongue more with older people yeah. here than I would in the West, I think, a little. Although, no, in the West, too, I also tend to be... See, I was also raised, though, um, in my family, like, the older people are... Like, that's something that my parents ingrained in me at a young age, was to respect your elders. And my parents would have us go to the nursing home every so often to spend time with some of the people there, like, just to, you know, just to just, I guess, donate time and just, like, they really enforced that whole idea that um, the elderly have such wealths of knowledge and that you should always respect them and stuff. But I have, like, my landlord is kind of, um, she's kind of snotty. Is Um, she elderly? She's not elderly, but she's she's probably in her 
it's it's hard to tell sometimes with these Chinese people. Yeah. But her son is older. Her son is, I think, about our age. So she's, I think, I want to say she's in her mid fifties to oh. late fifties. So she's not, she's not elderly, no. but she's, but she's older. older, right? And, and she's someone pretty, we should respect. yeah, and she's pretty snippy. But I think that's also her personality because she's also mm. a northerner too. So she's like always joking, but but kind of in a harsh sort of way so she's right. pretty snotty i think i think she it gives her some kind of a power to feel like she's outwitting yeah some people are just like that yeah like especially a foreigner because mm-hmm. she'll make you know she's just she's kind of nasty to be honest <laughs> so far as a landlord she's been fair enough but but she's 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 not a very pleasant person yeah. to be around and i think that i would have a different reaction to her if she was my peer Right. So that's that's one example. But in general, I think I usually only get this whole... Um, and I don't know if it's, like, being mistreated by the by older people. But, yeah, this whole, like, I'm going to give you advice and you better listen to it kind of thing that mm-hmm. um, our friend with her baby was encountering. And I'm sure that I'm going to get that a lot, having this baby and walking around that I'll be subjected to that i've definitely had this i know better than you yeah attitude yeah thrown on me so (laughs) i I personally i i don't think apart from just like out and about i haven't really um had much contact with older people older chinese people i don't think apart from like with students grandparents Mm -hmm. but even my like the student the one student i still have his grandma is like the same age as my parents so and i Mm. don't class her as elderly right but i really respect her i have an awful lot of respect and as you said like i was also grown up uh, i i was also brought up with that mentality that you should respect older people and to me that just like I, i find it strange that obviously some people weren't especially when i go home and i uh, if you're on, if I'm on the bus or something, and I hear comments made to older people, it's not. It's pretty pretty rough to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too, which you wouldn't have here. No. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with my statement as a whole that they respect the elderly more so than mm. we do in the West. Um, but I also think you have to keep in mind the okay the elderly that we're encountering today will be very different, I think, from the elderly that the next generation will encounter mm. in China because these people are those who have literally survived. Like, they were not raised in, you know, 1980s Reaganomics. They were mm. raised in a generation where there was massive, massive starvation and where people had to fight tooth and nail for every single thing yes. that they got or earned, and it was fiercely competitive. So I think that has a lot to do with that's that's one of the reasons why I tried to just like stay calm. Yeah, if and, that's a good reason to shut up and just let them do their thing, it's yeah. probably good enough. <laughs> yeah. In in one way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we say old person in Chinese? Let me tell you. So um, to say old in Chinese, it's Laoren. Um, Lauren, and I want to say this, this word Lao, it means old, but it also kind of means like esteemed mm. or like grand, wise. wise. Yeah. So like Lao wise, how you would say a foreigner, um, 
or Wai Guoren is also, but Lao Wai is a common way to say a foreigner. And I think this Lao, it has a more respectful tone than the word old. Mm. So when you see people referring to old people in China, they use this Lao. Yeah. Yeah, when we, I guess when we use old, we just associate it so negatively. If you say old, you just think, like, you, you're not meaning it like, oh, she's so old. Right. We don't mean it in a nice way. But you try to, like, if you're referring to an old person in fr- in their face, you might not say old person. Oh, no, no. You say, like, older or yeah. mature or, you know, we have all these synonyms, elder or yes. <laughs> more polite ways to say it. But in China, lao is the way to say it. Um, and you also might know lao shi, which is teacher, which is the same lao. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really mean old. It more means respect, respected or something I like, like that. that. So Holly will put the links to that on the show notes at wingchinese.com slash episode 74. Woo! 74. Yep. Awesome. And we just uploaded the latest version of the dictionary to iTunes. Mm. And you can now set a study goal. So you set, you you choose a flashcard set, you decide when you want to learn it by, and then the system tells you which words to study every day awesome. and which words to review. And it'll track your progress. There's a little like graph that shows every time you do your homework or you do the task of the day. And then there's a little, um, there's a graph at the bottom, which shows how many words you've been learning in the last couple days. So it's really cool. It's sweet. So check it out. If you haven't, all that is free. Writtenchinese.com slash WCC dictionary, or you can just search written Chinese dictionary on your app store and you will find it. Do Brilliant. <laughs> so, as of t- and when this episode goes live, you can you can get that new version. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> Enjoy. Brilliant. Okay. Well, um, if you would like to leave us a question, like David did, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash <laughs> yeah, just like that slash voicemail. Don't put all that little squiggly bit in there. Um, And you can leave us a voicemail message. Uh, Or you can go to any of our show note pages and leave us a question there. You don't have to give us uh, an actual spoken message. Uh, Got anything else to add, Nora? That's it. No, thank you everyone for reviews, messages. We're feeling the love and it's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, so hope you tune in for the next episode of Two Eye Chicks in China. See ya. Bye.